This is Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary Roughness. roughness. I think this, that somewhere within the first five to ten plays of the game, the other team's quarterback must go down. And he must go down hard. It's Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Big hole. First down. End zone. Touchdown. Touchdown Raiders. Would you believe it? This is Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy, Q. And I say, what offseason, Raider Nation? What offseason? The NFL keeps rolling along. Doesn't matter if there's not games being played. There's always storylines that are going on with the NFL. Of course, the last hour, it's been a lot of conversation going on, not only here on Raider Nation Radio but also just across the sports world about Calvin Ridley, the wide receiver from the Falcons, who has been suspended for a year for betting on games. Uh, I think it was five games in total and $1,500 total. And apparently one of them was a Falcons game. So that's a big no-no. Uh, there's a lot of people that could say, well, how can the NFL do this when half of their sponsors are DraftKings or this, that, and the other? I get it, but we know how the nature of the beast is. One, I don't think he used one of those kind of uh, one of those outlets that is actually a sponsor of the NFL. So that's a no, no. And two, why would you do it in your own name? Why wouldn't you just, you know, everyone's got a guy, right? Everyone's got a guy. And if you don't have a guy, you're supposed to have a guy. At the very least, let it be your cousin. If Calvin wants to bet $1,500, why don't he let his cousin, Chris, bet the $1,500 for him? Simple as that. But that's a conversation for another day. We'll definitely get to it uh, in Cover 3 coming up on the show today. we got some good guests coming up on the show today. But as we kick off Unnecessary Roughness, we really got to get into the hard-hitting conversation. We really got to go in right from the jump. I know the opening drive is coming up. We got a topic that we're going to throw out there. Got all that. But before we really get warmed up, and it is cold in the studio right now, so that's why I say warmed up, we've got to talk about Demon, who... As he thinks I'm not listening to the radio station, decides he's going to fire some shots towards me while he thinks I'm not listening. And guess what? The minute you think I'm not listening, that's actually the minute that I am listening. So as I'm riding out to go and get Damon a nice energy drink and go pick up a nice snack for myself before the show starts, I hear Damon firing slugs about Q's my biggest hater. I, I, I can't even remember everything you said, but it was nothing but negative. As he was doing a great job producing JT The Brick Show that was hosted by Jason Fitz and Eddie Pascal today, filling in, and they'll be filling in tomorrow as well. Did a great job. And DeMond does a great job. That's why I was, without asking, he didn't ask me to go get him an energy drink. I just did it because he's doing a little bit extra work today. I thought, hey, you know what? I'll, I'll, I'll back my guy up. I'll give him, some, give him some love. And I get in the car, and I start driving, and the first thing I get is boom, boom, boom. Shots fired my direction, and I'm not even there to duck. For all I would have known, I'd have caught them in the back and wouldn't have known where they came from. But the good thing is, all ears were on the radio station, and I heard DeMond firing slugs at me. So, welcome to the show. Man, I didn't know you were listening. I know you didn't. But I, hey, but hey, I stand by what I said. You know, you wish you looked this good. you always trying to be competitive with me, and it's just like, Q, take it easy. I know you wished you looked this good. I know you wish I'm gonna you let you say that. I'm going to let you yeah. say that line a couple more times because that one's pumping your chest up. Go ahead. Yeah, oh, I think I look good, man. I ain't, ain't mad at you. You're supposed to think that. Exactly. My mama thinks so, too. Well, you know I mean, that's all that matters. Mama's think an ugly baby look good. <laughs> Have you ever seen a mama be like, damn, that baby's ugly? Well, all the time. That, <laughs> now that I'm getting older and people that I went to school with are having kids now. Right. People always posting them. I ain't never seen a mama say, damn, 
I sure thought my baby was going to come out looking cute. Man, my baby's ugly. Ain't no mama ever said that. Now, daddies are different. Daddies would be like, well, you know, really. Kind of don't look like, well, that's got to be. Yes, that's from the mama's side of the family. It ain't my side of the family. I was blessed. My kids look like me. Just saying. I'm leaving it. Yeah, leave it at that. I'm just going to flex. But yeah, so I, I, mean, I just know. wanted you to know that I caught all the strays that you were throwing my direction. And you're not wrong. I am very competitive. And you're not wrong. When it comes to the gym, you'll outwork me. When it comes to wrestling, you'd probably outwork me as well. I, matter of fact, I won't even say probably because that's what you do. I'll say you do that. You know what? In my defense, everything though, else, though, everything else, I definitely win it. And you admitted that. You admitted that when you were firing slugs. I don't at think me. I admitted that. You definitely but did. Everything. Like I got caught with you. The definitely strength. did. I got caught with the stray, and then like your name came up, so I had to roll. I had to be quick on my feet because I wasn't expected to be thrown into the fire like that when I caught the stray. And he caught the stray because he's got a medium shirt on in the studio, and so Eddie said something about your small little tiny shirt that you're wearing, and, you know, hey, I'm not mad. DeMond's got guns. I'll be the first to admit it. So he should be flexing his guns. I don't flex mine because, well, I ain't got no guns, and I'm okay with that. But, yeah, he, he sure threw me under the bus real quick and caught fire real quick. And I'm just glad that I was all ears to hear it. So I thought, okay, now not only am I going to take this slugs that he just fired in my direction, now I'm going to go to the store and get him a snack to start the show off with. But it's okay. You know what, guys? He said, like, he just got me the energy drink. He got himself a snack. I did. I would have liked a snack as well. You know what? You, you know, he's patting what himself on the back. What did you pay for? <laughs> How much did you pay for? Wait a minute. Hold on. Hold on. I'm Wait just a saying, guys, he could have done more. Am I right or am I right? I mean, yeah. I could have done more for me, too. This guy. I didn't even ask him what he wanted. I didn't even ask if you wanted something. I just assumed because you always want the same thing, which I do. By the way, I do all the time. Take care of my guys so I know, so he knows I appreciate him. Take him out to lunch. He tells me I'm eating the l- wrong lunch. Oh, you're eating that wrong. This guy. It happened one time. All, I can, all I'm seeing is a bunch of unappreciativeness. I don't even know if that's a word. <laughs> Tell me what your UNLV education is. That even a word? Sure, you you got there. Okay, I'll take it. I'll take it. Yeah, but you add an S on it. Yeah, an hey, appreciativeness. Yes. Yeah, when you add an S on it, it just it just makes it that much more serious. You know, you're really putting a lot more on it. So, I just had to start the show with that on a Monday, coming off a great weekend. And I'll tell you, you want to talk about working hard? This dude, I know I give Demond a bad time. We uh, like to have a lot of fun and go back and forth. This dude worked his tail off on Friday. I don't know. I know how delirious I was Friday night because I had a super long day that started at, with the 7 a.m. show. But you had a super long day that lasted longer than my day, and it started with the 7 a.m. show. Oh, yeah, so I didn't like What time out. did you get out of here on Friday night? Clocked out at 10.30. Whew. This dude was here from, what, 6.30 a.m. to about 10.30? Yep. Shout out to Joe, the new hire. You know, uh, yeah. was running the HSK game, Henderson Silver Knights, the uh, minor league team for the – Vegas Golden Knights. Yeah, yeah. For those yeah. that don't know. Right. But running that broadcast for the hockey game here on 1230 the game. But Joe, we got a new hire in the building, Joe. Gotta give him the shout out because he was run, running some of the game for me. It was like a yo, I'm gonna just rest my eyes for a little bit. <laughs> you got it, right? Right. Just wake right. me up if you need something. There you go. All right. Well, that's what's up. Shout out to Joe, the new guy. We also have Gabe, who's a new hire here, uh, that's gonna do some stuff behind the scenes, and who knows what they're able to parlay that into. And I tell them, like I told you. Uh, now that you got the tools in front of you, you just got to make it work. You got everything in front of you that you need. Now you just got to go make the most out of it. So uh, that's what I tell you on the daily. And that's what I tell anyone who works in this building. I mean, you've got it in front of you. You just got to go get it. So now that I got that rant out of the way, 
We'll go ahead and jump in and let you know exactly who's coming up on the show today. We have two fantastic guests coming off the weekend that was the Combine. That was where my main attention was. Of course, I was watching hoops as well, college and pro basketball, but the, the Combine was where it was at for me. So Charles Davis from the NFL Network, he's also from CBS Sports. He's joined us during the regular season. He's going to join us at 2.30 to talk about the Combine, uh, especially the defensive backs. He played defensive back. He knows the defensive backs really well. He was on the on the broadcast yesterday for NFL Network and uh, went real deep into the defensive backs. And I'll tell you right now, I feel like that this is a very deep defensive back class. I also feel like the Raiders need a defensive back or two. They should definitely invest in them. So uh, I think it's something to really pay attention to. So we'll talk to Charles Davis coming up at 2.30, all things combine. And in particular, we'll talk uh, the, the defensive backs from uh, Sunday. 3 o'clock, as I mentioned before, cover three NFL news and notes of the day. Just kind of scatter shoot. There's so many so many things to talk about. That's why I started the show talking about what offseason. There are so many storylines, and there's more to come because we're still waiting to hear from Aaron Rodgers. Still waiting to hear what happens with him. And once that domino drops, then who knows what's going to happen. But there's a lot going on in the NFL. Then at 3.30, we'll have Deontay Lee, our good friend from Pro Football Focus. He'll join us as well to talk the combine and whole. And as a Pro Football Focus guy and as a coach and as a guy who's just been there, done that, kind of what he was looking for during the combine. You know, what drills is he looking at? What, what Who stood out to him the most? Who helped their stock? And who hurt their stock? We'll do that at 3.30 with Deontay Lee. So Charles Davis at 2.30, Deontay Lee at 3.30. And I'll give you this little programming note right here. I want to do it right now before I forget. Uh, former Raider fullback Oren O'Neal will be on the show tomorrow. You know we have John McClain at 3 o'clock. We have him every single Tuesday at 3 o'clock. Oren O'Neal, former Raider fullback, didn't play a whole lot of games, had a, a really bad injury that he actually battled his way back from and then had another injury that ended his career. But... Uh, he was a, a, a fan favorite for what he was able to do. He was a guy that was drafted in the sixth round back in 2007. Just really good dude. He's got a lot of good stuff going on off the field, and uh, there's a lot to talk to him about. So uh, we'll have Oren O'Neill on the show tomorrow. I'm very excited about that conversation. So now that you know the guests that are coming up, you also know Cover 3 is coming up at 3 o'clock. Let's go ahead and jump into the opening drive. The opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 is brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. So reports came out over the weekend. Uh, Vic Tafer from The Athletic, he had a piece out talking about the Raiders are, uh, getting, are in contract negotiations right now for an extension with Max Crosby, and they're actually working on that, and it sounds like it's progressing a lot quicker than a possible contract extension for Derek Carr. Of course, you're going to hear the Derek Carr back and forth conversation until he actually signs a contract extension. And there's the, the I's are dotted and the T's are crossed. Until all that's said and done, you're going to hear the conversation and the speculation. Is he going to be the quarterback? Is he not going to be the quarterback? I've let it be known before that I feel like he will be. But again, until all that's set in stone, then who knows? But right now, it sounds like Max Crosby and the Raiders are in a, in a, in a good place as far as a contract extension goes. And I think that's a good idea. You know, you remember last time Derek Carr signed a contract extension, there was a young edge rusher who didn't sign a contract extension, eventually was traded off to another team. I like the fact that the Raiders are prioritizing, it seems like the Raiders are prioritizing their young edge rusher. Now, is Max Crosby exactly where he needs to be as far as getting as many sacks as he'd probably like or the fan base would like or even I'd like to see him get? No, I think he still has more work to do. But the one thing I do know about Max Crosby, he's the guy that's going to put in the work. Right, He's going to be the guy that's going to continue to work, 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 work. That's what he does. That's all he does is just work and grind on getting better and getting better at his craft. So I have no doubt he's going to continue to get better. In the three years he's been in the league so far, 25 total sacks. That's not bad. He had eight last season, but 25 total sacks, not bad at all. You can see the uptick. 
Oh, by the way, the availability hasn't missed a game since being drafted in the fourth round back in 2019. So that's another that's another key to this. So I, I like the fact that they're prioritizing Max Crosby. I think it sends a good message to the rest of the team. It also sends a good message to the rest of the league. If you come to the silver and black and you perform, we'll take care of you. And I think that it's been way too long that the Raiders haven't shown that consistently. Now, again, Derek Carr got his contract extension. Gabe Jackson had got his contract extension, but obviously Khalil Mack didn't get his contract extension. Amari Cooper got traded before he had a chance, and we know all the rest of the draft picks ever since then. I mean, it just hasn't shaken out the way you would think that it would shake out. And it just, I mean, Colton Miller being the only first-round draft pick since Darren McFadden to sign a contract extension tells you all you really need to know, right? So I like the fact that they're working on that contract extension with Max Crosby. Now, Pro Football Focus, who we frequent a lot here on the show, we have guests, and, and of course we go and just use them as a point of reference. They got a piece out. It's not a piece. It's just a contract, uh, like like an estimation. They said that uh, they believe Max Crosby's contract should look like this. Five years, $136.25 million deal. That's what they're thinking it's going to be like. Now, it's not necessarily that's what it's going to be. That's just what Pro Football Focus is anticipating his contract looking like. I told you he's had 25 sacks over the first three years of his career. The question I asked for you, the question I want to throw out there, a little topic that I have for you, does that contract seem reasonable to you? Does that seem a little inflated to you? Or do you feel like that may be under, un, under what it should be, you know, a little lower than what it should be? I don't think anyone's going to call in and say it's lower than what it should be because it's a large amount of money right there. Five years, $136.25 million. And, of course, you know how NFL contracts are. They're not, they're not all guaranteed. They're not all, I mean, what's reported and what it really is, it always comes down to the guaranteed money. So that can fluctuate one way or the other. But with that kind of contract, do you think that that is a contract that is reasonable for Max Crosby? And if not, what do you think the contract extension should look like? Go ahead and DM hat on. What do you think his contract extension should look like if you're, uh, if you're basing it off the production? Not the guy he is, not the story, but just the production that you're seeing on the field and what you anticipate him doing moving forward. Because some of the contract extensions you also have to realize are also in anticipation you know, of what he's going to do, not just what he's done. So let us know about it. 702-365-9200. Again, 702-365-9200. Raider Nation listener line. Also, the Salmon Ash text line is 69187, keyword RNR. Got a couple texts that I want to get to real quick. Don't trip, Q. DeMond just got some of them bulky water weight arms. Ain't no definition. <laughs> he did say just kidding. They did say just kidding. But that's funny. That's funny. He said bulky. Look, DeMond is like speechless. The one time DeMond no, is speechless. No, I had to look and see. Maybe they he didn't leave a name. made it up? Didn't, didn't leave a name attached to the text. They said they were just kidding. They kid. Got another text from Sir Whiskey Ray. Man, that one left DeMond speechless. I like that one. Just got to fire that one back at some point. Q, it's no secret, but no, DeMond loves the hate from time to time. I know this firsthand as he's scared to talk to me and show me off to the world. I'm real and also have feelings. Sincerely, Kayla. <laughs> yo, what'd you do, man? You, you got these guys on the payroll? That's Sir Whiskey Ray. I didn't, hey, man. Yo, you got guys, on the, you got another guy texting in, doesn't leave a name, haven't seen that number before? Oh, no, okay, Q. Ain't got nothing to do with me. Take a couple of strays, and now you got people out here Wait doing a minute. your bidding. Ain't seen that number before. There's all kind of texts on there. Uh, well, I just made that up. I didn't. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. No, of course you didn't. I can go all the way back to February. Okay. Okay. All right. You exactly. Got me, you figured me out. <laughs> yeah. See. See how you are. 
You got to be able to take it, man. You got to be able to roll with it. Oh, uh, no, I, I, I can take it. You know what? Because I know, you know, they, they're all fans, you know. You know, you see these arms. You want to see me after an arm day? I'll put out a good picture. Oh, we know that. We know you have yeah. no problem putting out a picture. Boy, oh, boy. I get concerned when I see a tweet from you and I see a picture because I get concerned. I don't know. I don't know what kind of state of mind you're in, what you're, what you're tweeting out at the time. Got to let everybody know, you know, if you don't take a picture, did it happen? <laughs> Sometimes I go to the gym and I'm like, man, I'm not, I didn't even put that on my IG story. Oh, man. Who's going to know I was out here putting in the work? Uh, it's, it's about the work you do when nobody's paying attention. See, you, nah, don't, you, don't nah. have, you don't have to have everybody giving you love and props. Nah, you know, people need to see the work here. Oh, man. See, that's where you went wrong. That's where you went wrong. It's all about the work you do when nobody's paying attention. That's when you really get the benefit. Uh, I got this text from Raider Richie from Arizona. Hey, Q, I got a buddy who was so ugly as a baby, his mama used to <laughs> breastfeed him with a slingshot. <laughs> yeah. the, oh, man, that's good. And then and then Raider Richie goes on to talk about the contract. The contract is reasonable because it has been a long time since we had a guy with that kind of motor. Richie from Arizona talking about Max Crosby's five-year, $136.25 million estimation from Pro Football Focus. And I'll say this. I think that's a little rich. I'll just throw it out there. I think that's a little rich. You want to know how rich it is? How rich? Amongst edge rushers, that would make him the second highest paid edge rusher in the league, only second behind Khalil Mack's $141 million contract that he got. Well, see, and then that's kind of, I mean, I, I get it. That's kind of the argument. That's kind of the argument for the contract. You know what I mean? Because, honestly, since Khalil left the Raiders, he's a, he actually had more production with the Raiders than he did so far in Chicago. He just got paid. Now, you know, I, I I look at the top edge rushers in the league. Who who would you put up there at the very top? Miles Garrett, and he's at 125 million. Okay, so I'd put Miles Garrett, T.J. Watt. And there's no particular order. Miles Garrett, T.J. Watt, uh, Aaron Donald, obviously from the inside. Um, who else would you would you put up there? I mean, who would be your top five edge rushers? I would I would have Max Crosby probably out of the top five, only because not because of pressures, because he's excellent when it comes to pressures, but when it comes to sacks. Yeah, Miles, TJ. Ooh, one of the Boses. I don't know if Nick or J- I'm go- I would go, go Nick. Nick. I'd, I'd go, go Nick. Nick. Yeah. I mean, you can make the argument to put him in the top five if you ask me. You could. It's it's your top five. If you want to do that, go for it. Okay, Miles, TJ, Nick, Max, and still when he's healthy, I'll put Khalil Mack in the top five for me as well when it comes to edge. Okay. All right. Well, I just, I don't know. I just, the pressures are great. They are. I mean, outstanding. He had, like, what, 92 pressures last year, which was a record? I mean, that was huge. I think, and I think he would probably tell you the same thing, he'd like to convert some of those pressures into sacks. Instead of having eight total sacks for the season, he'd probably like to have 12 to 13. That's, just again, just my opinion. And anyone is free to chime in and, and, and share their opinion. I think the money's a little rich for the lack of actual sacks. Because at the end of the day, it's always about production. Got a text from 805 Raider, 69187, keyword R&R. I love Mad Max, but five years, 75 million is his max with 60 million guaranteed. I think you're underestimating. See, that's, a, that's, that's why it's a little tricky. I do like the guaranteed, though. 60 million guaranteed. Most of, it's basically most of the contract guaranteed. I like that. I like that. But I think, it's gonna, I think that the contract's got to hover right around $100 million. I think 135 is a little rich. I think 75 is a little low. So I think you got to hover around about 100 and maybe 60 to 70 guaranteed. Just my opinion. 
I'd say just for me, it'd be annually $20 million. And let's just go. You, you can work out the year range with the agents. Got a text from Glenn in San Jose. Q and DeMond, as long as the deal is cap friendly and won't burn them down the line, I'm all for it. So he's not worried about it. And that's a good approach to take, too. You know, I mean, we're talking about the deal. We're talking about the money. I know that when it, I saw it, when I saw it on paper or when I saw it on Twitter, I thought, whoa, that's a little rich. But, hey, look, if it's a contract, like Glenn said, that they work out to be cap friendly and it's not going to damage them too much, then that's cool. Because, look, I'm not really worried about their 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 pocketbook. I mean, they'll figure that out. They'll figure out how to get all their guys under contract and do what they got to do and put themselves in the best position. I just, like I said, just for my my likings, I'd like to see a little bit, a few more sacks, actual sacks, than just pressures. Oh, here's a good one right here from Dustin in Texas, the Lone Star State. Shout out to Dustin. I want to see him in the new scheme before we we hand him the the farm. That's a good point. It's a good point. But I think Patrick Graham, he said it a little bit too, where the 3-4, three, the 4-3, I don't think that it's going to make that much of a difference to where he sets a record for pressures, eight sacks, and then it's just like, oh, man, this system, he forgot how to play football. No, he's not going to forget how to play football, but, I mean, scheme is, is part of it. Scheme is part of it. I mean, you're not just going to go get somebody that, you know, you don't think fits with what you do and think that, hey, they're going to do it because they did it somewhere else. I mean, that's not necessarily true. So I understand. I think that what Dustin's saying is a good point. You know, and look, I'm sure they're already having those conversations of how you fit in this scheme and, hey, what we expect you to do. I have no doubt that they're not going to expect Max Crosby to chase down a running back too much. They're going to ask him to pin his ears back and get up to the quarterback. I don't see him dropping in coverage too much. I really don't. I think they're going to pin his ears back and get him and have him get to the quarterback. How will they go about it is a good question. Uh, Robin Oakland hit us up. Salmon Ash text line at 69187, keyword R&R. Q, Max's pressures are great. But getting hands on the quarterback and dropping him provides opportunities for fumbles. Exactly. Exactly. That's that's exactly why I said I would like to see a few more sacks. Because you can have those strip sacks. You know, you can get you can get to the quarterback and make him make a mistake. And those are critical because the Raiders don't create enough turnovers. It's something that we talked about. Not enough turnovers. It's not just on the guys in the back end that are trying to intercept the ball or DBs that are trying to intercept the ball or linebackers that are trying to intercept the ball. It also has to do with trying to strip sack the, the quarterback, trying to strip the ball carrier. I mean, that's, that all goes into it. I just think that, well, this is just my opinion, but I just feel like the pressures are great and the sacks, they will come because I will, I'll throw out a name out there. Chandler Jones has over 100 career sacks. Would you trade him for Chandler Jones? Not at, not at Chandler Jones' age right now, no. But Chandler Jones was the dude. When the Patriots traded Jam- Chandler Jones, that was a huge mistake. That was the one mistake. I bet you if they were ever honest with you, they would say, yeah, we got rid of him too early. Normally, they get rid of guys a year before they're washed. And when they got rid of Chandler Jones, I thought, oh, man, he must be washed. That's why I'm not saying that J.C. Jackson has a problem. Because if they let him walk in free agency and don't franchise him, maybe they're being you know, bullheaded again just like they were with Chandler Jones. They literally traded him in his prime. And he went to Arizona and killed it and got a ton of sacks. As you said, over 100 in his career. That's a dude. I mean, now, if all was even and they were the same age, yeah, I would say that Chandler Jones would be worth that move. Or try to trade it in Ngakwe for Chandler Jones. Chandler Jones in his prime was an absolute dog. Oh, yeah. Absolute dog. So maybe the, the caveat, because he is on that, the, on that wrong side of 30. Right. So maybe the comparison isn't as fair. Right. But, man, that, I mean, that dude. Oh, man, that dude's a player. 
He is absolutely a player, and he's also a guy that's not expected to get franchise tagged by by the Arizona Cardinals. And there's plenty of guys that have been franchise tagged today. We'll get to that in cover three. How about this one? This is from Will. Hey, Q and DeMond, the Crosby deal I would do is six years, $117 million, $65 million guaranteed, and a six-year team and player option. Okay. I like I like that was some good detail right there. I mean, that was some real, like, let me get on the computer. Let me pull out my calculator. Let me put on my thinking cap and let me go to work. Like, that was some real deal stuff right there. I like that. Throwing in the option. Didn't think about throwing in an option for him. Right. I didn't either. I didn't either. Vegas Pete. Here we go. Mad Max is our best defensive player, a game record, top three player on the team. Pay the man. Okay. Fair enough. And I do agree with everything you said. I do think he's the the best defensive player in the, on, on the Raiders. I think he is a game wrecker. My only question and my only statement is I would like to see him get more sacks. I think that that'd be fair. You know, I, I think that that's a fair request. And pay him? Yeah, absolutely. I definitely think that he needs to be paid. Pete says the the cap forty million in the next two years. So like you said, only guaranteed money counts. Mad Max is our best. Fair enough. Give it to him. Roll it out there. Five years, 136.25. Here you go. <laughs> Make it happen and again. I mean, we're just looking at it as, an, uh, as a figure that's thrown out by Pro Football Focus. That doesn't mean that's exactly what it is, but it's kind of fun to talk about. So uh, I do like, uh, just to, just to you know, reiterate, I do like the fact that they are prioritizing the young edge rusher over a quarterback that you know you can get under contract. You can get taken care of. Worst case scenario, you could always franchise Derek Carr if you had to, if things didn't work out right away. He's under contract for another year, $19 million with no guaranteed money. If you wanted those, I mean, you, you can get some things done. Mad Max, if he goes and balls out and has another really good year like he did this past year, that price is only going to go up. It's only going to go up, so I think you get get take care of him sooner rather than later. I think that's a great idea. Coming up next, Charles Davis from NFL Network. He'll join us to talk all things combine, what he saw from the DBs in particular. This is Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. That was the opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. The NFL news keeps rolling out fast and furious throughout the day. They just released the fact that the 2022 salary cap will indeed be $208.2 million. That was something that we all anticipated, but now it has been made official. So now all the salary caps can be set uh, as status quo uh, and, and kind of roll along as everyone kind of expected. But right now on the phone lines, let's turn our attention to the comments. Combine in the NFL Draft. NFL Network's Charles Davis joins the show. And Charles, thanks so much for your time. I do appreciate you. And I saw you out there on Sunday at the Combine. And I'll tell you what, there was a lot of speed out there on the field on Sunday. Yeah, there certainly was. Good to talk with you guys again. Hope you're both well. But the speed was was overwhelming this entire Combine. Right. I mean, I'm you know just about every position we saw. And, and I think when, you know, everyone who follows the college game, just think back over the last 10 years and how we've evolved with the spread offenses, with how defenses have gotten smaller in terms of you know height, height, weight, all that on, on, on that side of the ball because they've got to cover the entire field. These spreads, you know, every if I had a dollar for every coach I met during my college days, I would said, we want to make the defense defend every, you know, whatever, every inch of grass on this field, <laughs> horizontally and vertically. You know, I wouldn't be talking with you guys. I'd already be on my private island. <laughs> so when you do that, that means big guys, 
unless you have stamina and quicks, you're not going to survive out there. Right, exactly. And we saw Jordan Davis from Georgia run an uh, exceptional speed uh, at his uh, at his size. And just everyone, like you mentioned, really ran fast uh, over the weekend and over the course of the week at the Combine. Now, how do, you, how do teams f- stop from falling in love with just the speed and also realize that, hey, these guys have, have to be able to go out there and play? Take a couple days off and then go back to the tape. You know, you got to take a couple days and breathe a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. Because you, you make an excellent point we do fall in love with the speed and that gets emphasized to such a degree that you tell yourself that whatever deficiencies that person has in the reports that you previously had, you can make up for it with speed. You know, we'll outrun our mistakes. We'll do this. We'll do that. Sometimes that just doesn't work. We've seen it so many times, the cautionary tales, the guys who didn't have much production in college or didn't play to their potential. And and you knew that when you filed your report, yeah, they went to Indianapolis crushed us all with his incredible combine, especially in the speed areas. And we take that person higher than we should have. And then we look at each other two years later and go, but we really made a mistake on that one, didn't we? (laughs) You made a mistake because you overlooked everything else. You know, what we're seeing is the combine. My colleague Daniel Jeremiah said it during the combine. He said, you know, the combine is not something that you can replace their college career with. Right. It's something that's a part of their college career. And I like to always say it either confirms what you saw or leads you to more questions and back to the tape and back to your stuff, back to your reports. Talking right now with Charles Davis here on Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. And, and Charles, you play the position, the defensive back position. They were on full display on Sunday. What are you looking for in particular so you know that, hey, this guy could really go? I didn't play at anywhere close to the speed <laughs> level that we saw. Right. You know, if, if if my speed were to be measured against theirs, and remember, you know, I, I was undrafted and, and, and got cut by Dallas, so it's not like I'm trying to say my career was, was all that. But my speed would have been ranked like we drive here in the United States on our interstates. We think we're really pumping it up there, right? <laughs> if you've ever been to Europe and then you hit the Autobahn, that's a whole different ballgame. <laughs> Sunday, we saw the Autobahn. Right. That was crazy. So the things I'm looking for are, okay, if he's that fast, can he bend? Can he drop his hips? Can he change direction? Because how many times this season did we spend our time saying, how the heck do you guard Hunter Renfro? Mm -hmm. How the heck do you guard Cooper Cup? How do you you guard any of these, these, these fast, shifty guys, but especially the ones who change direction, have patience in their route? We'll give you a move on top of a move, and then when you think it's over, here comes another move, and right on down the line, you've got to be able to, to, to move, change direction, stay with it. But you better be in shape and have some patience because these guys are getting crafty and crafty on the other side of the ball and running their routes. So that's what I'm looking for. Like the young man we saw from UTSA, Tariq Woolen, mm-hmm. that was crazy, right? Right. I mean, we're talking about, what, say 6'4", and, you know, holy, okay, well, if he's 6'4", what are we going to do with it? Well, most of his career, in order to get him away from having to worry about extra moves, double moves, things of that nature, he's impressed. Okay, because you're right up on him. You're going to hand five at the line of scrimmage. You're going to run with it. Well, every team, everything that you do in the NFL, you can't be, you can't be or won't be impressed all the time. So, yeah, we saw him run an incredible time. But what I saw in the drills is the kid is also fluid. All the things we just talked about. It's tougher when you're six four. Right. Okay. Yeah. Believe me, keeping those hips down, changing, and all that is the longer a route goes, a lot tougher to do. But we do know he's capable of it. 
Yeah, Charles, with all this speed, and we saw so many sub 4440s, is it just that these players, they're dropping out of bowl season and they're just training for the combine as soon as they know that they're going to enter their draft? Because I, I find it hard to believe that this class is just so much faster than like players were even five years ago. So is there something, too, like players are just specifically training for the combine even earlier just to be better at these specific drills that they know are going to be coming up? Yeah, there's something to it. There's no doubt. I think you make a really good observation. But let's not get carried away with the idea that a guy who's a normal 4.75 doesn't play in the bowl game, trains, and comes here and runs 4.28. Right. That doesn't happen, right? So, So the natural speed has to be there to begin with. Then it gets enhanced, right? They've trained for it. Most of the guys might be maybe even a little bit lighter than what they're going to play, although we saw a few examples throughout the combine. I thought guys got too light because if if you normally play at 250 and you come to the combine at 228 to try and run faster, teams are still going to they're going to acknowledge what you run. Let's say you come and you run your career best and you just come home and you're grinning like, oh my god, I fooled them with that. Like no, because at certain positions you can't play at 228. I need you at 250 because otherwise you won't hold up. So that time you just ran. I'm going to add something to it knowing that there's no way that that's what he's going to be when when I see him. So there is something to it as as well. You can enhance it. You can increase it. You can maximize it, especially because you learn how to start. You know, not every guy out there ran track. Right. But you spend your time at all these great facilities where you learn how to do those things. And if you hit it right and you're already naturally fast, you can actually do certain things. But I'm, I'm just telling you, they train for it all. But the funny thing is, when it's all done, how many times did you hear this comment from someone? So, hey, uh, Johnny Speedboat, you were terrific today. You were unbelievable. You were, uh, what's next for you? Well, now i got to get back into football shape. Right, right. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> now i gotta train, now I got to train to play football again. I, I'm, not, I'm not training for the combine. i got to train to play football <laughs> again. A little bit different, and, and, but, but it was still unbelievably impressive, and I'll leave it with this, guys. It's impressive to me just because whether it's the actual, the real, the exact, whatever, these guys trained to a fine edge to be ready for this. And that's got to count for something, too. That meant they put in the work. Right. Absolutely agree 100% with that. We're talking with Charles Davis, talking all things the combine, focusing really on the defensive backs. And you mentioned Tariq Woolen, and, and he did a fantastic job from UTSA. How about Zion McCollum from Sam Houston State? Uh, I was pretty impressed by him. I know he's a super senior, and he's, he's got that tall, lengthy kind of range, almost that Legion of Boom type style as well. What are you seeing from him? Yeah, the Legion of Boom style with more speed. Yeah. Because those guys who played on the corner for, you know, if you go back to Seattle with Richard Sherman, at one point it was Brandon Browner, because, you know, we talk about Woolen being 6'4". Mm-hmm. That was the comp we were, you know, you, it immediately came to mind for me was Brandon Browner, you know, for a short time. Except as, as, the, as D'Angelo Hall, my colleague at NFL Network, said, yeah, but Brandon Browner was speed deficient. Right. He was just big, and he beat you up at the line of scrimmage. These guys can play. Like, you know, not, let me rephrase because Brandon Brown could obviously play. Right. These guys can roll. Like, they can run. And that's what you saw with Diane McCollum. And they, I first noticed him because I got to see him at the Senior Bowl. And a Sam Houston State kid at the Senior Bowl comes in with a little bit of extra of something to quote unquote prove. Tariq Wollin, I saw at the Senior Bowl. I know his private coach, Jeremy Lincoln, who's, who's a, a ball for life like I am with both Tennessee grads. 
Jeremy was a tremendous corner in the NFL, you know, by eight, nine-year veteran there where he played. He's training kids like Tariq Woolen. He told me that when Woolen came back from the senior bowl, his confidence was different level. Because he thought he was good. He knew he was good. But he proved it for a week with all the Power 5 guys there. So he came back like, ah. Because no one ever wants to admit that they had doubts. But the truth of the matter is when you go from one double A, non-Power 5, and you deal with Power 5 guys all the time, and you come back and you've proven to yourself that you can deal with it, then you're seeing all that. And I think the same thing with Zion McCollum. And you did mention super senior, meaning he had that extra year because of COVID. Right. And he took full advantage of it. Plus, at Sam Houston State with Casey Kills head coach, what do they do on offense? They pitch it around a lot. Mm-hmm. So he's getting extra reps in practice covering people every day. And they just won a championship, too. So, <laughs> you know, you got to yeah, give. Yeah, one, one, one it all strong. Yep. The, the tailback from, from South Dakota State, mm-hmm. um, team that they beat, who was number one in the country. He was there at the combine. He acquitted himself quite well, too. These kids are so precocious. That's what I keep saying now. When I went to college, you showed nothing but deference to upperclassmen. Otherwise, you know, you might get taped to a goalpost. <laughs> now, these kids come in as freshmen. They're like, I'm taking your position, your position, right. and your position. And they don't worry about it. No, they got the confidence and they got the skill to go ahead and back it up. And we're talking right now with Charles Davis. And Charles, just got a couple more questions for you. As far as uh, defensive backs go, I'm a big Sauce Gardner fan, as many are. He's going to be gone very early. But what about his college teammate, his running buddy, Kobe Bryant? He 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 played really well throughout the course of the season, but he didn't really show out that much at the Combine. How much concern is that for you? Well, it's always a concern strictly because at that position, eventually someone's going to stretch you out vertically. Right at some point, they're going to try and take you to the deep water and see if you can swim. I'll come back to Richard Sherman, who was never a blazer. Right? If we put a watch on Richard, I'll bet you he ran mid four fives. Okay, which is about what Kobe Bryant ran, if I remember correctly. I know that was the unofficial time, but you know, but then we converted to official. And guys, I'm not smart enough to remember all the official <laughs> times when they came through. Me either. <laughs> but, but Kobe Bryant, when he ran, was somewhere I think in the mid four fives. Okay, that's not the ideal that you want as a corner. But how do you make yourself faster? By being up on scheme. See, Richard Sherman was so smart in how he played that he eliminated a lot of routes immediately based on split, formation, down and distance, uh, tendencies from watching film. The smarter you are, the faster you're going to play. And Kobe Bryant can do that. Look, look, look you, you can't discount his production. You can't discount the fact that he, everyone knew Sauce Gardner was on the other side, so Kobe was going to get tried more. And he stood up to the challenge the entire time. So is he Sauce Gardner? No. I mean, I think the ranking was, was there for a reason, and we saw that at the combine. But does that mean he can't play? Not at all. I mean, I, I'm big on production. Mm-hmm. But don't forget this. Watch Cincinnati Pro Day and see if anything changes for Kobe Bryant. Does he run better at his pro day? Because sometimes that happens. Sometimes the week could catch up to these kids at the combine. My best example was Joe Hayden. You guys, you guys old enough to remember Joe Hayden. Yeah. I'm real old. So I remember <laughs> Joe Hayden. Come on now. <laughs> but, you know, you, you know, but when he went to the combine, guys, I just talked about this with, with Jeremy Lincoln. Jeremy and I were actually watching him together, and we started laughing because we remembered it the other day. We were like, you remember we watched Joe Hayden at the combine? And Joe had one of the worst combines for a guy who was ranked in the top 10 that you've seen, meaning wasn't fast. I think he ran 4.6 or something like that, close to 4.6. Um, wasn't fluid in the 
this wasn't any of the thing that, things that we had seen. Everything was off for him, and his confidence took a hit. He had a really rough day. Three weeks later, back at school, back at the University of Florida, and on natural grass, he ran 4.36 and looked like the Joe Hayden we remembered. Guys can have an off day. That's why I like it when they try and do everything in Indianapolis and come back a second time in case there's something they need to increase work on. Plus, if you did it great in Indianapolis, you don't have to do it at your pro day. Right. So I don't like putting all my eggs into one basket. And Kobe Bryant get a chance to do a few things a little bit better than he did, but don't discount the production over his college career. Yeah, Charles, one of our listeners wanted us to ask about Buster Brown out of Arkansas, but not only Buster Brown, are there any late-round picks or mid-picks that you think at the DB position that could surprise some people? Maybe not be day-one starters, because we all think who has those Hall of Fame projections, <laughs> who's the Hall of Fame comp, but did anybody stand out to you well? You're like, hey, he's just going to be a solid NFL player. Oh. I could go right through the ranks on that because there were so many. And then some of those guys, like young Mr. Barnes out of Oregon, he ran, what, 426, 423? I think he ran 423. Oh, yeah, out of Baylor, yeah. Yeah, out of Baylor, excuse me. That was just crazy, right? And the thing about it, though, coming in, you weren't saying that he was one of the top corners on the board. You knew about his track background. You knew that he had the speed. Um, did you think that he was that guy, you know, you weren't putting him ahead of Sauce Gardner just because he ran faster, right? Right. right. You, you, probably, you might have had Kobe Bryant ranked ahead of him. But at the same time, now you're going to go back and look again because that speed makes you take another look and makes you go back and get it. Monteric Brown out of, out, of, out of Arkansas, I thought, played really well. Like, you plug in the Alabama tape, he covered people. And, then, and by the way, in case we haven't figured it out, Alabama puts out some receivers. Okay, <laughs> so he played well against them, but he came to the combine and didn't run super well. I remember a four six two, I think, on his first go. So, so that wasn't terrific. But again, he'll get a chance to clean that up a little bit. But again, these are the types of players that, as you're watching them, you know, Zion McCullum, you guys brought him up. Most mm-hmm. people won't know him, but guess what? He can play. And we ran, we saw that not just in the DBs, we saw it all through the ranks. How many people across country knew Chad Mooma, the linebacker out of Wyoming? before he, they, they worked out on Saturday. Right, good point. Not many. No. By the way, Chad Moon was vertical 40 inches. Okay, Logan Wilson, who started at linebacker at the University of Wyoming for the Bengals at this past Super Bowl, he blew up at the combine. Mm-hmm. And he vertical 32 inches. And we were going, ooh and ah, and oh my God, <laughs> how much do we know about this kid? Right. Mooma, we know a little bit more in terms of overall productivity. But Wilson had a big year, had, what, five interceptions total for the year, I believe. Great anticipation. And one was the same mold with a little bit, little bit more athletic ability. I got to ask you the final question. I got to bring it home. Uh, safety Bubba Bolden. Uh, out of, well, USC, went to, he transferred to the U. He's yeah, a, then to Miami. Yeah, he's a Vegas guy, Bishop Gorman alum. Uh, what were your thoughts on what uh, Bubba was able to do? He did fine. You know, look, and when I say that, everybody goes, ooh, that doesn't sound so good. It's fine, <laughs> me, you know. Look, there were so many things that stood out that you're going home and you're, you're on the plane and someone may recognize that you might do something with the NFL. And, you know, the Jordan Davis comes up and the Georgia kids and, you know, all the things that kind of just totally overwhelmed us. Bubba Bold, good production in college, good athlete, a guy that you can do a number of things with. You know, the big thing for me with safeties is nowadays I want to see the ones who aren't just one thing. I don't want, I don't want just the guy who's a center fielder. 
I don't want just a guy who's a box safety. Can you be that hybrid guy? Can you do a number of things? Can you play on special teams? I think Bubba Bolden has all those qualities. And, you know, Bishop Gorman, <laughs> that's going to get you an extra look anyway because right. people respect the program and, and respect what they're doing. And we had multiple Bishop Gorman guys in this year's combine. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Haskell Garrett was there as well. Uh, Haskell Garrett is yeah, a and Bishop one Gorman. quick thing on Haskell Garrett. We had him at the Senior Bowl and he got hurt in a drill. Of course, you know, Haskell, as everybody knows, went to Ohio State. Mm hmm. He got hurt in a drill against Andrew Stuber, the guard from Michigan, which I remember saying, I think I said on air, well, of course it was against a Michigan guy because, <laughs> you know, that that rivalry, you know, drove him crazy, and it looked bad. Like, it looked like one of those injuries where Haskell Garrett was going to miss the rest of the week. His agent was going to call and say, shut it down, the whole deal. Haskell Garrett came back and finished out the week and played in the game, which I found extremely impressive because it wouldn't have surprised me nor would he be dinged for shutting it down after that type of an injury. But I think, you know, he's like, I've got something to prove. And, you know, as well, I'm not letting a Michigan guy put me out. Right, right. They already, they already beat us this year. I'm not letting them <laughs> beat me again. But I'm telling you, that's the type of thing that goes into a scout's notebook of character, toughness, mm-hmm. you know, willingness to put it out there and compete when he could have very well shut it down. And I guarantee you no one would have written in their book, Haskell Garrett shut it down for no reason. He, he, he would have had a legitimate reason. So that really caught my eye. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. He's a tough dude. Really is. He's had a lot of reasons to show that he's a tough dude, and that was another one right there. Uh, Charles, fantastic stuff. Uh, really appreciate all your time. You gave us uh, way more time than we expected. Super generous with it. Thank you so much for all the great insight. We appreciate you. Hey, I appreciate you guys very much. Keep up the fantastic work. And, uh, Hopefully I'll see you again when the next year when the season rolls around if they let me come back to Las Vegas. Well, hopefully. Are you going to come out to Vegas for the draft? Well, that's the plan. <laughs> I hope my bosses will continue to let that be the plan. Okay. But, you know, my father taught me years ago, don't take anything for granted. So right. I'm planning to be there. Okay. Here's hoping that I am, and I hope I see you then. All right. Well, we'll see you then. Hopefully you're here. Appreciate you, Charles. There he goes. Fantastic work from Charles Davis, NFL Network. Obviously, he calls CBS Sports Games as well, does a great job, and he's uh, he's been our guest on the show multiple times. But, man, fantastic stuff from him, and, and honestly, more time than I, I thought that we were going to have him on. Uh, you know how DeMond gets. He starts asking question after question after question. It's like, well, hold on, Q. I got one more. Hold on, Q. <laughs> Two fifties is the time. We're going to come back, close out the hour. This is Rare Nation Radio 920. Yo, what's up? What's up, Raider Nation? It's your homie, Too Short, and you're listening to Raider Nation Radio 920, baby. 252 is the time. Many thanks to Charles Davis from NFL Network and CBS Sports to join us in the last segment to talk all things combines. Really went deep into the defensive backs and what he saw from them on the broadcast yesterday, and I guess kind of just being a prisoner of the last thing I saw, which was the defensive backs on Sunday, the whole weekend was full of combine. Obviously, the whole week was full of combine, but really, I was able to lock in for some, 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 some good amount of time over the weekend. Before we talk to Charles, mention the NFL salary cap. It's officially been set at two hundred eight point two million dollars for twenty twenty two. So each team's cap has increased twenty five point seven million dollars from twenty twenty one. That's the bare bones of it. What does that mean for the Raiders? Overthecap.com has the Raiders at $17.7 million in cap space. So we've all been talking, including myself. As a matter of fact, especially myself, been talking about the Raiders going out and making big splashes, going and getting big-time players, spending big bread. I'll tell you right now, $17.7 million in cap space is not a whole lot. 
It's just not. Now, of course, there's ways to work it. I mean, we always have to say that, you know, there's always a, 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 a little asterisk there. There's ways to work it and ways to get your guys under contract that you want. But let's just be honest about the situation. The Denver Broncos have 39 point something million dollars in cap space. The Raiders have 17.7. And whole not, not a whole lot to work with. Now, they're going to make some moves. Corey Littleton, I expect to get released and be a post-June 1st cut, and that'll be like another 11 point something million dollars right there. So that's already almost $30 million. So again, there's ways to work it. But just currently as it stands right now, bare bones, 17.7 is not a whole lot. It's just not. Yeah, but I feel like it's one of those things where the team, like like you said, I think they are thinking about it like we're going to have that $30 million to work with because I think they already know at this point, mm-hmm. who's gonna who's who's gonna like Agreed. who's helping the cap? Who's getting moved out of here? Right. But as you're saying, just reporting it as of today. Right. Yeah, it's 17 million. But I think the team already knows. Hey, you even you just said this it. is what it's gonna be. Yeah, it's gonna yeah. be like maybe that 30, 35 mm-hmm. million range. Now remember though, by the time the free agency starts, I mean not the not the legal tampering period, which is what the 14th, uh, a week from today. Uh, that that legal tampering period is fine. I mean you can negotiate whatever, but when you sign these deals, put it to paper, and actually get the signature, you've got to have that cap space. You know, you've got to have the, the ample camp space or else you can't do it. You know, moves have to be made. So uh, that's also something to think about because, again, free agency is going to pop up. I mean, next week is going to be – you want to talk about a lot of rumors. There's going to be a lot of rumors and a lot of reports that we're going to hear. And then when things get really started with, the, like I said, the legal tampering period, man, then it's on and popping. All of a sudden you're going to see, you know, two minutes into legal tampering, like, oh, this team has agreed to a deal with so-and-so. That's the highest paid left tackle ever. And it happens like two minutes once it starts. Exactly. That's why I asked Brandon last week when we had him on every day from the combine. Like, so what are they really talking about there? Because you got agents, you got team GMs there. I'm sure that, you know, because like you said, oh, as soon as it hits on the dot, mm-hmm. hey, so and so signing that $100 million contract, they didn't talk about it just think now. About, think about when Trent Brown signed his deal, and I hate to bring him up, but think about My when. My boy. Think about, yeah, that is your guy. Think Great about underdog. when. Think, yeah, okay. Think about when Trent Brown signed his deal. The. The legal tampering period had just opened up about, I want to say, three to five minutes into it. The first report about Trent Brown and his deal was already done. And remember, Trent Brown's agent is also Antonio Brown's agent, or was Antonio Brown's agent. And so, of course, they had already worked out that deal to get AB to the silver and black by way of trade. So you tell me that they didn't already have a deal worked out for Trent Brown ahead of time? Come on. I mean, I don't think anybody, and that's not breaking news to anyone, but that's just kind of how... Everything shakes out. I got a text from Vegas Pete saying, speaking of Raider D-backs, do you think Gillespie, Robertson, Johnson, or Nixon make an impact this year? I'd tag Hayward. We need him to stay and Mullen to stay healthy. Or does Hobbs get moved to outside corner? Very good question. We'll answer it on the other side when we come back. We got cover three NFL news and notes. Plus, we're going to answer Vegas Pete's question. That comes up next here on Raider Nation Radio 920.